0: Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Should have listened to my mother. That's what this week's guest, Chantal Gagnon, says she should have done earlier in life. Chantal considers her mother a champion for being aware that her daughter, at a very young age, processes things differently than other children, and may need help for children with learning differences. Chantal wrote to Should Have Listened to My Mother, saying, I'm a neurodiversity advocate with dyslexia and Erlen syndrome. I make inclusive stationery for adults with neurodiversity and visual stress. Chantal is also a meditation teacher. She's got students in South Africa and all over the world. She's also a graphic designer. She's joining us today via Zoom from England. I'm hoping students of yours, your meditation students, Chantal, are going to also hear these stories that you're going to share with us today. You're very fortunate to have an encouraging and forward-thinking mother. Chantal and her huge success as an entrepreneur is in large part due to her mom. So I'm really excited to hear more about your mom, Chantal. So welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I always like to start out with your mom's name. Tell us your mom's name, please.
1: Yeah, so my mom's name is Yvonne Gagnon, um, but she was originally born as Ivanka uh, She
0: <laughs> She's Polish. Yes. Correct, that's a Polish name. And you live in London, or you live in England, I should say, because I don't know exactly where you live. Um, but it was at an early age. Were you? Can I ask, were you born in England?
1: Uh, no, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta in Canada, um, so a, like a small city. I think when I left when I was 18, I, it just reached a million people.
0: So you were basically raised in the west coast of Canada and now you're in England. Yeah. Okay, so tell us, at, at what age did your mom start to notice what was going on with you and your learning abilities?
1: yeah so she picked up on it really quickly um, and i was very lucky with that she picked it up when i was in grade one she knew that my report card wasn't what was said on my report card wasn't matching to what she saw of me at home um, and what she knew of me and so she knew that there was something off so but she didn't she didn't know what so she started doing the search then and talking to as many people as she possibly could And then when I was about halfway through grade two, um, I was very lucky where I had a teacher who happened to have a disabled um, son and was a bit more clued in and just knew more things. And so she was able to point my mom in the right direction and help her search for what was going on with me to like help speed it along a lot. So then you were able to go
0: into a a school that would cater to children who needed some more specific attention?
1: Well, at the time I was in a French immersion school and the the, the teacher told my mom that I should go and learn just one language. And so <laughs> I, I swapped into um, an English school right away. And then my mom was uh, trying to get me into a school for children with learning disabilities. However, um, because the population of Edmonton was quite small, um, the way that the Learning Disabled School worked was they would make a class if they had enough students for that class. And what they needed was a minimum of four students. So I was able to get in there when I was in grade six. And that's when I finally learned how to read.
0: And uh, I guess what we should start off with briefly is you're dealing with dyslexia and the Erlen syndrome. Can you just Um, explain to my listeners if they don't know what, what both of those are.
1: Yeah. So um, oftentimes, Erlen syndrome and dyslexia can sometimes get a bit confused. And it's mainly due to the fact that it both affects your reading, but 50% of people with dyslexia also have Erlen syndrome, um, or also visual stress that can be called Erlen syndrome or visual stress. And essentially, what happens is it's a visual processing disorder. So, That's kind of a fancy way of saying that. When I read on a white page with black text, to me, the text moves around a little bit and looks like it's floating. And so for someone who's learning how to read, it's very, very difficult to focus on a word when things are breaking apart and moving around it. As an adult, I just get very tired by the end of the day and get lots of headaches.
0: Well, yeah, especially as a little child, they probably think this is how everybody sees things, right? Letters and numbers. So they don't know how to to voice what they're experiencing.
1: Oh, yeah. To me, it was normal. Like, I I had no idea (laughs) that things weren't supposed to jiggle around on the page.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So is your mom a teacher, maybe? She seems spot on. You know, she knew something was up. What's her background?
1: Um, So my mother studied engineering. So she (laughs) was a civil engineer, um, never went into teaching. Um, but she was very involved, uh, and so her and my father started, um, they, they started, uh, building hotels and motels together. Um, so my dad had a construction background. My mom had the, um, the civil engineering background. And so it was, they kind of married their skills beautifully together. And, uh, because my mom had her own business with, with my dad, she was able to be quite involved with us, um. Which I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of women, we think that the many have your own business that it kind of takes away from family life, but for her, it, it very much added to having more family life.
0: Right. And how many siblings do you have?
1: I have one older sister. And does she have the same learning disabilities? Um, my sister has ADHD, so we definitely got all of this from my dad. My dad, oh, um, 100, <laughs> even though he was never formally diagnosed, he 100% has oh. dyslexia, oh, okay. Erlen syndrome and ADHD. And we didn't quite realize that until I got diagnosed and then it became clear that other that all of us kind of had a little bit of something.
0: <laughs> right. Do you laugh about it now? I mean, is it something that lends brevity to it?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. And, the way that my dad speaks is very bizarre, but it's like it's a it's just a funny way of of speech where a lot of people will meet him and like have no clue what he's talking about. Yeah. As a family, we're so used to it. Right. And we all kind of <laughs> say things weird. Both of my parents, English isn't their first language either. And so it's just a lot of comical things happen. And there's a lot of inside jokes.
0: Well, that's good because that's important for people to keep in the back of their mind. Right. That it, this is dealable. Dealable. I don't think that's the proper word. This is definitely something that can be handled and, and you can still have a successful and happy life.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like with because my dad is such a comical person, it very much taught me to laugh at it rather than cry about it. And my mom was very encouraging of that as well, where, you know, rather than being sad about having a neurodiversity and have, you know, and struggling to kind of just like laugh about the funny things and really look at the positives and you know you can you can t- to just not ignore the negatives um and to not push that down but to to realize that that's not the only part of it
0: embrace the good stuff right yeah and and is it correct for me to to refer to it as a learning disability or is that insulting
1: no, no. Le- learning, dis- learning disability is totally accurate, and that's definitely what it was called while I was growing up. The word neurodiversity is starting to get a bit more popular now, um, but learning disability is completely accurate.
0: Could you give us some examples of how your mom influenced you as a young girl dealing with this new knowledge?
1: yeah so with her she very much would use my dad as inspiration um because my dad left school when he was in grade three um and was able to then go on and be successful as well and so she would be like look at what your dad's doing he he doesn't know how to write he doesn't know how to read however he's he has a secretary so that's how he's gotten around it and so with her she very much encouraged to be entrepreneurial because her herself was very entrepreneurial and she would never let my disability get in the way of what I wanted to do. So I went to university first wanting to be um, a meteorologist. Um, I was debating doing industrial design as well. And she was very encouraging that, one, I could make it to, to, to university and to not give up on that dream. and that I could go to university and do whatever I wanted. Now, when I was there, yes, I realized that. I couldn't keep up um, necessarily for doing something that was so science-based and had so many textbooks. So going more of the artistic route definitely helped my, my neurodiversity, but my mom never, ever allowed me to shy away from the challenges. So if, if, if I wanted to be an astronaut or whatever, she was like, yeah, you can do it. It was never a, "Mm, well, you know, like maybe, maybe look at your strengths.
0: (laughs) Right. She didn't want you to lean on it. She didn't want you to use it as an excuse to not have to do things. Exactly. Well, that's pretty great because especially as, as a working mom, she could have often like, oh yeah, I'm too busy. Don't worry about it. Do whatever you want.
1: Oh, 100%. And like there were days where like, I, this is going to sound so weird, but I very much thought that I had to work extra hard because I was dyslexic. And there were days where she would literally steal my textbooks from me and be like, you need to go outside and play and be a kid. Um, stop studying. Oh, good <laughs> uh, for or her. like, go out and get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> go play in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she really, she really saw me burning myself out. And so with, with her, she would teach me breath work or to do yoga or to meditate. And so she very much taught me how to um, look out for my burnout. I very much ignored it and should have listened to it much sooner. Um, But uh, she definitely got me more open-minded about how to manage burnout and some of the extra things that come with dyslexia that people don't talk about in regards to well-being.
0: Well, I would imagine the breathing techniques and the meditation that you're teaching now, that is a huge part of keeping sane when you're struggling with this disability.
1: One hundred percent. And ever since I started to develop my own meditation practice, I've noticed that if I meditate each morning for 20 minutes, I mean, even less than that, my speech is better, my reading's better, my writing's better. I feel better throughout the whole day. I don't necessarily need to take a nap at three o'clock each day because um, dyslexia and Erlen syndrome can be exhausting. Um, it's really, it's really helped, and it's part of now like my toolkit where I, I, I have to. I feel like I have to meditate in order to to balance the challenges that come with dyslexia so I can run my business to like my, or like my, my, my businesses to my full capacity. Does your
0: mom still check in with you every day or you know every hour to see how you're doing and if you're managing <laughs> yourself or her, her her she was independent and she wanted
1: you to be independent? Um, She was independent and wanted me to be independent but that being said like she was oh, like whenever i needed to call her to vent or anything um she was always there i was studying in san francisco um and it just really wasn't a good fit for me and i was having severe burnout and there came a day where like i like i was very much like a keen student like i really wanted to do good in school and i loved studying and um, there came a day where I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm actually not enjoying it. And I don't want to be here, which was such a new sensation for me. And I called her and I was like, mom, I think I want to drop out. And she was like, oh, thank goodness me and your father. were going to make you.
0: Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> were you studying engineering or something or,
1: or were you uh, in no. the arts? <laughs> I, I, I was studying graphic design, but oh. the universe, like North America has a very, different work ethic than Europe and um the work ethic they the school has prided themselves on the fact that students slept at the school because that's how intense the program was and um that's basically what was happening was I was sleeping at the school for two hours and sleeping at home for two hours for about a month straight and by the end of it I just I I just cooked myself essentially I my brain was not functioning I was so depressed. I was crying all the time, like properly burnt myself out. And my mom, my mom noticed it, but knew that I had to get to that conclusion by myself. And when I was ready, she was there helping me pack my suitcase right away so I could leave. (laughs) Oh, good for them.
0: That's pretty great. But she had that's brilliant that she wanted to wait for you to make the decision.
1: Yeah, that's hard as a mom. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I definitely worried her for sure. And I have to give her credit for giving me so much freedom and letting me make mistakes and mess up. And even if it's, you know, at, at the cost of, I guess I was like hurting myself through, through overworking. And um, I think she kind of knew through how hard I worked as a student in, in grade school that I had to get to that point of, of burnout so that I would learn to not
0: do that again. (laughs) Right. How to manage it all. Did you get teased or bullied as a, as a young child because you couldn't read or were they mean to you?
1: 100%. Um, Oh, kids are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) They're so mean. Oh, totally. And, you know, to be honest, like not, not that I ever condone bullying, but when someone's really slow at reading and struggling with pretty much every word and the teacher's telling you to sound things out and you're like, well, that's not how dyslexia works. (laughs) Like, um, it's, it is frustrating for other kids, right? Because they're like, we just want to get through this reading and here I am holding everyone up. And so you'd get a lot of kids going like, and making those types of noises and rolling their eyes. Making you
0: more nervous and more stressed out so you couldn't even put two and two together.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, rather than me being upset with the other students, I really think it was the job of the teachers to give me smaller parts to read, be a bit more flexible with that, and like have a bit more understanding and a bit more education around it. Because it's, to me, I have more trauma from what the teachers put me through rather than what how, what the other students said and did. Like the bullying wasn't great and I didn't enjoy it, but it was more embarrassing that teachers
0: really put the spotlight on you. Oh, yeah. So is it because these teachers were not specifically trained that they didn't know or they um, thought they I, were doing the best they, they should be doing?
1: I think back then, like, dyslexia was, was becoming more well-known, but it was still very new. So you still came across a lot of teachers who had no clue what a learning disability was Um what dyslexia was, never mind what Erlinson was. Um, and so a lot of teachers still had the viewpoint that it was an excuse for your laziness. Sure. And so I, you know, my mom always taught me to not be ashamed of it. And so I would go and talk to teachers and have very grown up conversations with them where I was like, look, I struggle, this is what I need. This is This is the toolkit I need or whatever. These are the accommodations I have the rights to and um you know and and i i even in like grade 10 i remember having a conversation with the teacher saying i know you only have a certain amount of time to teach a class if you are if you are stuck on time do not get me to read something cuz i will hold you up you um, went to your just,
0: teachers and told them that
1: boy you're very yeah. mature but a lot of them took it as like me making making excuses and i was like no i'm just trying to be really honest with you about the reality of my situation and it really backfired more more often than it helped. Than not, yeah. Well, your mom was
0: yeah. honest with you and, and spoke with you about it. And so that's all you knew, the way to handle it. And you were trying to, to help them at the same time helping yourself.
1: And I think what really, like, what I really got to give my mom credit for was she was never embarrassed by the fact that I had a learning disability. Um, she would... Talk about it really openly with people. If someone else was was worried about their child um, possibly having a neurodiversity, she would talk about it with them. Um, she never she never once showed that she was disappointed or embarrassed of me ever, um, and I don't think she ever felt that way. Um, but uh, so, in her keeping that quite high standard of, of behavior and attitude, I then. Also kept that high standard of behavior and attitude where I didn't I, I was never embarrassed about my dyslexia because she was never embarrassed by it.
0: Hallelujah Hallelujah yeah. it's nothing to be ashamed of right you didn't you didn't go to the dyslexia store and say, "Oh can I have that? Can I have Erlen yeah, and can exactly. I take that too just because I want it?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it is more spoken about. It's more out in the open today. It's like the women before us, the mothers before us, had to struggle and go through things. And you now and your mom are are informing more and more people as we move forward today. So that's the best part. Yeah. I would love to share a little bit about Sokolo, which is your business. You're speaking to us from your studio, your design studio in England now. So tell us how this came about because I know your mom was encouraging you to start your own business
1: yeah so from from a very young age my mom was always telling me like oh don't worry about things like you'll just start your own business <laughs> and I always very much thought that I had to have success in like in a career where I where I had an employer um, in order to then know how to run my own business and be successful in a Business. And my mom always was like, that's a really silly way to look at it. And um I wish I saw her viewpoint um much sooner and believed in myself um, as much as she believed in me. And uh yeah, so basically um I I I was a I I've I've been a graphic designer for years, but I've I've never fully enjoyed it, in in all honesty. And uh I kept on looking for different business ideas to do. And eventually one day I was looking online for a notebook that didn't have white paper and it was so difficult to find. And the only ones I could find were really catered to children learning how to read and write. And I was like, I've had Erlen syndrome for like 30 years.
0: And the, if you're well, color sensitive is the reason you're looking for something other than white paper,
1: correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, this should already be out here. Like why, like why hasn't this been made yet? And um, then it just kind of played for. I was like, oh my gosh, I could do this. And within an hour, I decided I was gonna start. So Chloe called my mom, she's like, this is a fantastic idea. And she loved the fact that it was sort of my life coming full circle. And she felt like it was very aligned to me. I felt like it was very aligned to me. And she was like, whatever support you need, like I'm here to cheer you on. I am here to, to brainstorm with you or whatever um and she's just like just go for it and like don't 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 hold back just p- put your all into it and that's what i did and i think as well like there was a big part of her that was like oh finally she's doing her own business
0: <laughs> she's doing um, good for her <laughs> woo I think we inspire yeah. one another and what's the best part about it so explain sokolo
1: yeah so uh with sokolo um i started a stationery company where we do not use any white paper whatsoever um, and so with, with neurodiversity um, about 50% of people with autism and about 50% of people with dyslexia also have visual stress or Erlen syndrome. And so, uh, white, white paper just doesn't quite work, work for our group of people. And, um, so that is why I focused on colored paper. And then everything that I design, I consider, um, one or more neuro neurodiversities in designing that. So. I first came out with some notebooks that have very, very thick paper so that um, there's no ghosting. So when you write on one page, it doesn't show through on 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 the back side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if you're dyslexic, that makes the next side really almost impossible to to, to read. Interesting. And, and yeah, and so I use very, very thick paper. I use ultra fine lines so that when you write, um, the lines don't feel like it's connecting the words for you. Um, and I made sure that the lines are monochromatic to the paper, which again helps with some of the visual stress and some of the words connecting with, um, this, with with dyslexia. So basically like the first notebooks I made were, if no one buys anything, then at least I have notebooks that I can use for the rest of my, <laughs> my life. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we, we just keep on expanding from there. So we keep on adding more and more colors. Um, in the new year, we'll have up to seven colors available. and The whole idea behind it um, was to deal with the emotional side of dyslexia, where I want someone to feel really proud about bringing this into a professional workspace or into like a university. And I want a neurotypical person to come up to someone using a SoClo notebook and be like, oh, my gosh, that's a really beautiful notebook. Where did you get it from? Not Like, why are you writing on colored paper and have some bad attitude towards it? Can you explain the the acronym for Socolo? Yeah, so Socolo is short for Splash of Color. Um, so it's uh, the the S is for Splash, the first O is for of, and then the colo is for color.
0: Right, not your average stationary, No white paper here. <laughs> <laughs> so now, are people with these disabilities, are they Erlen and and are they coming out of the woodwork? Like, you know, you're meeting,
1: I have that too, or that's what that is. 100%. Oh, it's the coolest. Erlen syndrome and or or visual stress is very, very common. It's more common than asthma. And so about 20% of the population have it. It just no one seems to talk about it and no one seems to know about it. Um, And so I've been finding like a lot of my friends' parents who do not have neurodiversities will use my notebooks and be like, wow, by the end of the day, my eyes aren't watering. And it's like, oh, okay."
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's actually very interesting because I'm extremely sensitive to light Um, and some of my family members as well. We often wear sunglasses for certain when outside. I don't know if it's related to Erlen syndrome or not, but it's so nice to be aware of this
1: now. Yeah, so so it sounds like it sounds like you could use a Soclo notebook. Some, yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> How do we find you to buy your notebooks?
1: Yeah, so um, you can find me online at um, socolo.co.uk. So it's S-O-C-O-L-O.co.uk.
0: And uh, in, in the US, we usually have .dot com, but it's, this is .dot, dot co. Right yes, in yes. so make sure people. I want to make sure people understand that. Yeah, so
1: so,
0: .co.uk. Oh, Uk. Okay, don't forget to include that as well. And it sounds like you and your mom, Yvonne, are a perfect match. You're very, very lucky. And And I'm glad we were able to share these stories, Chantal, because it's really important to get this information out so people understand that disabilities are
1: not something to be ashamed of. It's crucial that we spread the word no not 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 at all no one should ever be be ashamed and no one should ever be ashamed of the tools that they need that co- that go along with it or the accommodations that they need and i'm just so glad that it's becoming more and more common and, and a, like a, a more awareness around it and it's very much so thanks to to all of the parents for really championing all of us as as children and so um definitely thank you to all of the parents out there (laughs) absolutely including your mother
0: yeah (laughs) your mom Yvonne all right Chantal Gagnon thank you for joining us this week on should have listened to my mother
1: thank you so much for having me
0: and we'll be back next week with another episode of should have listened to my mother